This is Restless. Welcome back to the last episode of Restless Summer. I may have commuted on my bike for the first time today, but Pastor Michael, today is the last episode of Restless Summer. So everyone, raise your, raise your glass, raise your tankard, raise your bottle, uh, your water bottle if you're at a gym, or your coffee cup in your car because it's the end of Restless Summer. Everyone here is raising a drink of Unnamed Natures. Pastor Michael, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing well. So I mentioned this earlier, but I had a drink with two shots of espresso in it today, and I almost never have caffeine. I'm still, this was in the morning. I'm still just wired, and I've had such a productive day. I feel like I'm just on this drug high from the caffeine, and so it just makes me a little bit extra happy and excited uh, and hopefully this episode goes well. We're going on two weeks where I have in some way uh, maybe not messed up the episode because last week's was okay, but uh, did something that kind of messed with our normal. So hopefully tonight goes well. So Pastor Michael is a little bit extra tonight. We are going to record late into the night with that kind of uh, with that kind of mojo. Let's do but it. We are actually this week talking about a subject that we really have needed to talk about here with the young restless and reform movement for a long time, which is church planting. And to do that, we are bringing on someone, a guest we have worked harder than any other guests to bring on a PCA church planter, personal friend, seminarian, Ben Leatherberry. Welcome to restless. Thank you very much. I, I am very highly esteemed with that introduction. You are indeed highly esteemed. Ben, you uh, earlier, which I'll just, I'll just chop that out to uh, the patrons today. We'll call it on the cutting room floor. Uh, you got me to tell a personal story about the many layers of my life. Mm, if anyone's an onion, Matt, it is indeed you. That's right. And sometimes I kick girls in the face. So you can you can uh, pay us a little bit of money and, and listen to that. Seriously, if this kind of burying it a little bit there. But man, this was a story about Matt kicking a girl in the face. <laughs> That's not even a joke. And so if you want to hear that, you got to join Patreon. You got to be a patron. It doesn't take much. Three dollars a month and you can hear this story. That's right. Well, tonight you're going to hear about or today or this morning, you're going to hear about church planting. Uh, Pastor Michael, this was a major thing of the Young, Restless, and Reformed, and we are at least hopefully going to prove to everyone that it's not just for the new Calvinists either. Um, I'll be honest, as I was thinking about this, I don't think I'd ever even heard the term church planting before the Young, Restless, and Reformed. And again, I grew up in an evangelical church, church that even had a lot of emphasis on missions in general, but we didn't talk about church planting. That was something I came across from Mark Driscoll, Acts 29, um, and that cast of characters. What about you? What do you, what um, does, does this kind of, is this where you come from or do you have a different kind of, are you coming at this from a different place? That's an interesting question. Um, I do feel like it's probably the first I really thought about it at least um, in terms of what uh, what the church was supposed to do in multiplication. Um, at, at least the first time I gave it any thought was uh, kind of with the YRR crowd. Um, I don't, you know, when I look back, I like to think that probably 
I just wasn't listening, you know, that right. people talked about maybe being, you know, actually, so I grew up in a church that was, it was kind of like a plant off of, uh, you know, a, a bigger evangelical church in the area. And so, um, you know, there's, there's elements of that, that I was just a part of, uh, you know, a smaller, younger church um, growing up. And so, uh, you know, maybe that was part of it that I didn't hear a lot about it because we were a smaller, younger church, right? You're not going to uh, maybe be planting right away, at least not normally, um, you know, maybe sometimes, but anyway, so I, I guess probably coming from a fairly similar place to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it is interesting um, that the YRR really took up the mantle of church planting, like that they made that one of their major emphases, emphases um, as time went on. Ben, do you want to tell us a little bit about how either you became reformed, how you came to be doing church planting, um, and who you're church planting with? Because I assume, since you're on this show, though Acts 29 church planters, we still have a standing invitation for all of you to come and talk to us. We, we would have a good time, we promise. Mm, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, Matt. I will say this. I am not yet ordained in the PCA mm. as a church planter, though. I am in the, uh, I think, better than saying ordination exams, the ordination trials, because uh, it indeed feels that way as uh, you take three, three exams over a three-month period, uh, and they're stretched out one per month, and uh, it indeed feels like trials. But um, yeah, just a little bit of my background. I grew up in, uh, in Western Wisconsin, a little town called Chippewa Falls. And uh, yeah, I grew up with a Lutheran background, but um, you know, I was someone who probably came to faith uh, through Campus Crusade for Christ as a, yeah, as a college student and whatnot. And, and that, uh, well, or I would say I had a pr- pretty profound experience with God's grace kind of through that uh, avenue. And I spent another number of years working with a campus ministry later on. But Part of what brought me into the reform world, though I did indeed listen to the likes of Mark Driscoll uh, and John Piper, and my favorite for quite a time was was David Platt. Um, I uh, I never picked up or bought in fully into at least the uh, what they would have called just reformed in in the Calvinism and the emphasis there. Um, it was really when we, uh, my wife and I, we were serving overseas for a number of years that our uh, a local campus ministry team that we we're a part of uh, was somewhat forced into a situation where they had to plant a church. And um, as I reflected on it a little bit today, uh, I was realizing that probably my, some of my desire to be involved with the church was even initially more of a pragmatic thing, you know, in a campus ministry world, you often, uh, a lot of your spiritual experience and growth and so on and so forth happens outside of the institutional church. Um, happens all one-on-one with, you know, other, uh, maybe campus staff, perhaps, if you're in a campus ministry or, um, you know, in their weekly meetings and personal quiet times and things like that. And I remember actually realizing to some degree, even in some of our conversations are, uh, while we were there, like, what if there's just this, this place, like, what if we ran all of our ministry through this place where we could gather everyone, like all the believers, not just students, but believers in our city. And we could like do ministry out of kind of out of that as the central piece. <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, it was talking about, you know, talking about the church in a pragmatic sense of not, not coming to it as what the church was. And um, like all stories with me, it is, uh, it is long and a bit verbose, but cutting to the chase, I think while we were there, um, I think I, I just witnessed kind of decisions being made about uh, how we should do church, 
Um, and even that just made me wonder, what is the church? What is she for? And uh, that set me down the path of reading, you know, the likes of Nine Marks books by Mark Dever, uh, listening to a fantastic podcast series um, about I Will Be uh, a God to You and to Your Children by R. Scott Clark um, some years ago. And uh, really, I think in starting to pick up a, a reformed hermeneutic, kind of through all of that, um, I came into kind of a reformed understanding, really initially through infant baptism, as I like to think it's kind of the, the weird uh, corner window to sneak into the, the reformed house. Um, that was how I kind of came to the reform was being convinced of overall kind of the hermeneutic and, and really that in light of uh, baptism and in somewhat of covenant theology and then coming around of like, oh yeah, I guess Calvinism fits with that. That makes sense. Um, and so, so that was, that was somewhat how I traversed into the reformed world while I was uh, in the field overseas. That's awesome. And so you then then went to plant a church and did you do it oh. the way where you said you know i've never been a member of a church and so i figured it was a really good idea to plant a church which is an exact quote from mark oh, driscoll yeah. like, the funny thing is one of the campus ministry i was a part of as i uh, as i began to feel this this desire i uh i just a desire to be a part certainly of the local church and a desire to be called to church planting um i remember telling the campus ministry i worked with like I really think I need to return to finish some, my degree and I need, uh, I need elders. I need, I need elders. I need, I need some level of authority beyond me to affirm and extend the call an external affirmation, uh, to go do this thing. And I remember my campus ministry being like, no, no, like you can just come church plant here. And like, oh, you don't want me to, like, you shouldn't want me to do this. And so, uh, so I, though that offer was put out to me, perhaps I, uh, I did not, uh, I did not take it. So, um, no, that wasn't how that worked out. We, we came back to the United States in 2019, spent a few years in, uh, a church planting apprenticeship, a CPA, you know, the common understanding of CPA, mm -hmm. um, just to confuse everybody, uh, and did that while I continued on my, my, uh, master of divinity degree, um, uh, for that time. But part of that was while we were here, uh, yeah, our hearts, uh, to some degree, we just, we longed, we longed to, to reach people as we lived in the Midwest. Um, we were serving in Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, just seeing, seeing the needs immediately. Certainly there's tons of people who are under shepherded, um, in churches as, as churches treat them as, you know, consumers and try and get their butts in their seats and, you know, continue to, to create services that will attract people. We just, we saw a lot of under shepherd upper under shepherded people, but certainly it was also seeing unchurched and dechurched people that we just belong to want a church plant. But um, you asked earlier, Matt, about uh, who I might be planting with mm. and uh, a hotter, what is it? A hotter reveal than a gender reveal is a co-planter uh, church planting reveal. That's you right. You throw a party. Put it on a shirt. Uh I actually indeed will be planting with the likes of Matthew Klein, uh, the host or one of the hosts here of, of restless. And so that, that's right, everybody. So we're not just, uh, we're just not, we're not only revealing personal things to the patrons tonight. I am, I will be here as a, a church planter alongside of Ben here in the Western side of Wisconsin, the Western frontier as the pastor, the senior pastor of Michael's church refers to it which is a great joy for me um fun uh 
yeah, I think both of us feel not equal to the task mm. every day. Uh, but that's great. Michael, what are your, what are your thoughts about the, the need or, uh, or church planting here in the States in general? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a need. I mean, this is, this is the great commission, right? So obviously this is just simply, um, the nature of faithfulness as the church is multiplication, going out, making disciples, teaching them to obey everything that Christ has commanded, uh, after and, uh, before they have been baptized. And, um, so that takes a church, right? Like that's not, uh, that's, this is hard when you're from maybe a more evangelical background, uh, to see maybe, um, because you kind of see the great commission as this is something that's given to each individual, right? So I will go out and I can go mm. and baptize as I, as I, you know, see fit and feel called to, and I can, um, teach in this way. But, uh, what Christ is actually commanding is something for the church, right? He's talking to the apostles and, um, their, uh, commission being passed then on to the, the church institutionally speaking, um, that we are to go out and, make disciples, which means we're going to have to plant churches. So um, I love it. Uh, I think it's great. I think it'd be helpful, Matt. Um, so you are going to be planting with Ben uh, here in Wisconsin with the PCA. Can you, and you, I mean, really, I mean, you guys are planting. I mean, you're in, you're in it now, right? I mean, you're, right. you're beginning anyway. I mean, you, you know, you're not ordained, but you're, you are very much on your way. Um, I mean, within the year, right? You'll both be ordained. Am I right to say that within, yeah, within the next Lord willing and the several creek months, don't hopefully, rise. right? Lord willing, obviously, yeah. um, it takes actually passing those trials of ordination uh, because there are some pretty rigorous trials, uh, which is good, right? It's a good, oh, it's good, it's a good process. I, I, I think every time that I've uh, I've had to do some form of examination, being in the PCA licensure, seemed actually as those more difficult, which Matt has also gone through. And certainly Michael, you have as well. Every time you're in the midst of it and you think, wow, this is hard. And you're like, wow, I really don't want anyone to be my pastor who hasn't done this, right? Yeah. Who hasn't, you know, gone through the trial of, of handling God's word in, in, you know, in such a responsible way. Um, and so, yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really helpful. Uh, but Matt, could you share a little bit about how you ended up planting with Ben and you guys and the history that you guys have? Because um, mm -hmm. it's not as though this just was like thrown together suddenly. Right. Uh, but this, I mean, you guys are not, it's not like you just met on this podcast. It is true. It is true. Though, though I'm sure we, you know, maybe we'll just finagle Ben into being the always third host. That is, that's the, that's the dream as Ben just kind of shakes his head, but that's okay. Other, other great things will, will be coming. So Ben and I have known each other for, I don't know how many years now. Several. Uh, that's several. It's a broad enough term. A More several. Than I mean, several to me is like three to five. Well, but you've known I've each several, other. It literally has half. Of I've the known Ben. I've minutes. known you for three to five years. <laughs> let me <laughs> let, let me share Ben's first impression of me, since we're just telling people about me tonight, which is great. So, we met at a um, a some kind of a campus ministry conference where they were talking to people about going into full time ministry, and we is had this a mute. Before this is before this is before okay, we you guys we, met we ended up in the in the same place uh, together in ministry. And we had a mutual friend who kind of knew we both were kind of seemingly headed in the same direction. And he is like a really big, friendly, relational connector guy. And he goes, 
Matt, you've got to come over here and meet Ben, my friend from Green Bay. I, you know, I think you guys may like end up in the same place together. And I go over and I give the most like uh, lack of enthusiasm. Like, again, forgive me. I'm like 21 at the time. So I go, oh, hey, I'm Matt. <laughs> nice to meet you. And then I put no effort to speak to Ben at all and then walk away. Um, so this is true. Well, ben, how did you feel about this, right? Tell me, no. tell me from your perspective what this was like. He just uh, talked to a guy he's never going to see again. Yeah. I was like, put him on a list of guys who don't care to talk to me ever again. <laughs> but, that's, but for, for all the things that Matt is extremely gifted at, of which there are many, uh, paintball, we, kicking girls in the face. Hit I mean, up those that are just Patreon in the top. If you want to know more those about that. The, podcasting, those, those are just in the top ten. I mean, there's a whole host of things, but it's the first fifteen minutes of meeting a person is not one of those like like have a gregarious encounter with a person. That's that Matt doesn't live there. Good ever, after that, he will be. He will be a, a fantastic friend to the grave to, you, to so many, but that's not you, where he thrives. You heard it here first, first, folks. If you ever meet me in person after listening to me on this podcast, it will probably be a bit of a letdown. So Ben and I then spend, yeah, years together in ministry overseas, which is a great blessing. Um, and yeah, when um, Ben and his family left to come back to the United States, it was a huge loss um, after years together. Um, and just over time, becoming very single-minded and understanding of, yeah, both theology, but just family and ministry practice and desires. Um, but though I, of course, was happy that, you know, he was going to go and, uh, yeah, he was going to pursue what he was pursuing. And Strangely enough, I found myself in the U.S. and the place where Ben and I are going to plant is a city in Wisconsin called Eau Claire. Uh, so Ben, the town Ben talked about growing up in, is basically connected to this town. They're kind of ten minutes to driving. I grew up an hour south of here uh, with Michael, as as some people know, in the same area. And both of us began um, indicating to the PCA. I indicated willingness, and Ben had kind of come around to going to his hometown and planting. Um, and I guess the one maybe important thing to note is a really great thing that is actually happening in the Wisconsin PCA is a really big emphasis on church planting. Michael and I have mentioned this on the show many times. Nobody knows what a reformed church is here in the Midwest, let alone a Presbyterian church other than like the mainline churches that are the same as all the other mainline churches in town. No one knows what that would mean. And so the, the, the presbytery here has placed a huge emphasis on church planting. And in my mind, in some ways, replanting, because all of these towns had Presbyterian churches at one time mm -hmm. that have just fallen away, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we're not faithful to theology. And so it is a real process. I do think that this is perhaps one of the best things and one of the, uh, yeah, one of the hardest things is, I mean, we started talking about this potential plant years ago mm -hmm. and then being examined by various different people together and separately. Mm -hmm. um, and people were uh, at times fairly skeptical of two people doing it together, though that is one of the things Ben and I would be willing to 
I, I don't know, describe as almost the ideal. I understand, we understand the challenges to it, but certainly the ideal. And, and now, yeah. And now after being examined after, you know, all of these processes of getting to this point, it has been more than two years yeah. of like, of serious and committed thinking and planning and work. Oh man. Yeah. It has been, it's been quite some time. I think part of the story for just for both Matt and I is when we, we left overseas and, and uh, Matt and his family remained. And um, for us, when we left overseas, we, we left the door open of wanting to return um, to some degree. We just, part of the call was, you know, I only ever followed calls that, you know, felt good in my tummy. If I can say that, you know, I felt the, the warmth in my chest that I wanted to go do this thing. And so to, to go and church plant, right. We, this is, or at least to go into some level of pastoral ministry, you know, we, we needed a calling that wasn't just internal, but one that was external. So that was partially why we left overseas was to come finish schooling and to, re- to receive that external call. And while we were in the U S this was shortly before the chaos of, you know, 2020 kicked off, you know, the Lord began to change my wife and my, and my heart, um, even to think about returning um, to Western Wisconsin, where I grew up. And uh, I was indeed a very wicked young man. Um, praise God for his mercy on me. And uh and I hoped I would never return to my hometown. <laughs> and little did we know at this time that the Kleins also were, were considering a return. Um, their family was considering a return to the U.S. And they sat on our couch in, I think, the early winter of 2020 or the end of 2019. And we're like, what are you guys going to do for with the rest of your lives? And they said, we think we want to go plant in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I said, no, <laughs> like, that's what we want to do. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, that. and that yeah. was a, and then it was a race to who could go ask uh the PCA committee to let them go do it first. No, we, we asked and they said, why don't you think about doing it together? And, um, you know, I think we just, we believe also in kind of team-based ministry. When you, when we start talking about church planting, I think there's, there's a lot of things that come to mind as I continue to learn. I said the word church plant. Uh, there's a lot of things that come into people's minds, probably in the reform world. They're like, I don't know if I'm crazy about whatever you think you're going to go do, you know, what, like, what's your brand? How are you going to be sexy enough to get people to come to your thing? And I'm like, wait, what? Aren't we like the ordinary means people? Like, aren't we like reform people? We have to be like the least original, like we have confessions and like we have, I just learned the PCA had a motto as I was going through ordination. I was like, that's a real bummer. I missed that when I came in of uh, being, (laughs) being, being faithful to the scriptures, true to the reformed faith and obedient to the great commission. You know, and so I think it's, um, we're, we're of the church planting mind of being as boring as possible when it comes to the originality factor, because, um, because the church has, has the message, you know, and then, and even the pathway, we see it in the scriptures. And, um, and so going and, and engaging the ordinary means, right. Yeah. And watching Christ build his church. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that as I've thought about this again, I, I do think there is, right? Church planting isn't just for the YRR. It's, there is, but again, with this idea of two people, you know, there are, again, what it cuts against, we've learned, is the idea of the church planner as the guy, right? Like, because again, even in the reformed world, the the church planter is kind of viewed in a very personality-based way. And now, again, calling, gifting, leading, that's fine. I'm not, we're not opposed, I'm not opposed to that. But 
what if we could what if it was possible to start with a plurality of leadership which we all claim is the biblical and ideal model and in fact is the way christ began ministry after him right um i think that yeah i also think that the amount of process and the amount of work that is put that the pca puts into church planting cuts against the idea of it's like it's this big entrepreneurial thing where like you are out here like motivating people um gary v style to like you know get up and follow you and do all this like it's the like it's the opposite of that being an influencer um i i just think that you you learn it cuts against yeah most of these things and i do think that as i've realized thinking about the pca and learning about its history how much emphasis they the founders of the PCA put into church planting. This is actually not something. So I think sometimes, at least I was thinking this way, that the YRR was all about church planting and other reform people kind of hopped on the wagon along the way. And so that like we caught the missional quote unquote bug from the new Calvinists. It is, it is both, I think, conceptually and actually very concretely the other way. So the PCA has been about church planting forever. Think about where the new Calvinists learned things. And then two, if you've listened to that bonus episode of the rise and fall of Mars Hill, it was an incredibly wealthy PCA church that bankrolled Mark Driscoll and Acts 29. Right? It, 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 it is. And, and it's something that is reformed because it's, it is a reformed emphasis on mission, right? It's not even like, it's not a PCA thing. It's just, it's, a, it's obviously we would just call it a biblical thing at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, how much of the reason that we growing up in more kind of evangelical climate, which where there was again, there was church plant, right? There's faithful right. people trying to plant yep. churches and doing missions. But but the focus was almost always on like individual missionaries, right? Going out, doing their thing. Um, and that was kind of the focus as far as I can think uh, missions wise. And the idea of like more local or regional church planting. Um, was not at like it just wasn't as much of a priority um, and so much of that I think comes down to the ecclesiology behind it all right like we we believe that the fulfilling of the great commission requires the multiplication of churches whereas if you think that like any individual can just go, get up and just go and do these things right that they can on their own be the discipler who's baptizing them and teaching them like they, they can just fulfill it all right well then you're, you're sending individuals out to do individual missions all over the place um, whereas again we think as as reformed people we believe that that the great commission requires hmm. the multiplication of the institutional church hmm. Hmm. and i think with that michael i mean that's this is this is the model I do, I do think, and, and that phrase probably right there, put it on a shirt. Cause right. Everyone says like, this is the model and acts, come on guys. But, but indeed, I mean, if right, the ministry of Paul and Barnabas, yep. two guys, I get to be Barnabas, Matt, boom. Um, you're going to leave me behind Excellent. some Silas, some dudes coming. No, I, I think, but when you see this, what do they do? Right. They're going out and they spend time. What are they, Acts 14, 23, before the Acts 15, before the council, they set up elders. And, and, and what is it done by, right? The, the raising of hands. It doesn't come through from the Greek quite in the English, but it's, it's the congregation choosing. And then you see 
churches that are, I mean, you don't have to say church planting, say something else, use some other vernacular so that we can at least get to that, that clear picture of what you do see happening then throughout much of Acts until, you know, until Paul heads back to Jerusalem and then heads off obviously towards Rome. And so that's, I mean, that is the pattern. And, and right. He writes to, and I think to your point, Michael, and first Timothy three and Titus one, you, you, you talk about the qualifications. They shouldn't be someone as a new believer. Right. But that's so often what I think so many ministries, you say, well, they're on fire. That's the hot language, right? Pun. That was an unintentional pun, but right. They're on fire for the Lord. Send them out. Well, passion gets us in a whole lot of trouble. I think plenty of people understand that, but um, yeah, I, as I like to tell some, some evangelical friends here, we in the reform world like to do things with about six seat belts. So that just, so if you know why we haven't started services yet or why we, you know, take things slow, we, there's, there's reasons why. So to your point. Yeah. So could you, uh, let's push into that a little bit more. We've talked about, I mean, this has come out in everything that we've said so far, we already see it, but let's try to lay out a little bit more clearly, maybe what are maybe some things that will be different between a common kind of American Christian understanding of like starting a church versus a confessionally reformed church plant? Yeah, well, I'll answer this in part and I'll let Ben jump in. Um, and, and there's a few potential objections I think we should we should uh, raise against ourselves. But this reminds me of the question my daughter uh, asked me while we were driving in the car the other day. She said, so, Dad, how's that starting a church going? <laughs> just, <laughs> just like, all right. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, so what Ben and I have realized as we both talked to um, other pastors, as we've gotten to know people and as we've um, uh, met other met people in the area, you know, uh, it's been great talking to lots of different people, kind of hearing about these different things. What we've realized is what we're doing church planting wise is in many ways it feel at least in this area of the country is not really being done this way so if you're in a reformed church that's maybe a younger church most reformed churches um often and i was just reading a book on reformed church planting come into existence this way there's a group of christians who have reformed convictions and they don't live in driving distance of a reformed church so they contact some reformed denomination, PCA, the OPC, um, the URCNA, right? One of these reformed, confessionally reformed denominations and ask them if they have a minister that would be willing to come um, yep. for this church plant. Now, that's not a bad thing. Um, that's that's not a negative this thing. This is, by the all. way, this is how uh, the church that I pastor, Christ Covenant Church, basically how it came into being. It was a bunch of, you know, uh, people who were, you know, in local churches, evangelical churches who were becoming more reformed. They started to gather together. They started to say, hey, we think that we should, you know, have a reformed church here. And then they found the PCA and said, this is what we're looking for. And then joined the PCA. Right. So, um, the, you know, that is how the church that I'm a part of formed. Um, and we were, you know, part of now sending Matt out anyway um, and, you know, hope to support the the church plant um, where we can uh, in Eau Claire. And so that like that is, you know, right. that's the experience of a lot of people. So so we're not doing that. There's not a group of people waiting for us here. Um, secondly, uh, now another way that Reformed churches often plant is actually not really a plant. It's a transplant. Again, not a bad thing. A group of people from a church go somewhere and they start a new church. That's um, 
uh, again, I was reading that in a reform church planning books, calling that a transplant and not a plant. So please no one be offended. You can call <laughs> the guys at Westminster West who wrote a book and use that terminology. Then we have the other model, which we might call the more mainstream evangelical model. Uh, ben lovingly um, and to, to no controversy and personal relationship calls it the field of dreams model. If you build it, they will come. Yep. You do whatever you can to gather as big a group as people as you can so that people will come so that you can preach good sermons to them so that you can, you know, in, get them to invite their lost friends. And that's how you plant a church. Well, we're not doing that either. Um, <laughs> well, so, what are you doing? Man? Right. That's I mean, it just sounds like you're not doing anything. Is that I know? What I'm I think. Is that what my daughter thought when she asked me that question? <laughs> I love that I so much. By the way. I can hear it in her voice. And I just yeah. think that's so precious. Well, you know, we believe that there are going to be Christians who the Lord will call and raise up to join with in starting this work here. But that this church is to reach the unchurched, the de-churched, um, as that's what makes up a lot of the community here and the lost. And so... That just takes time. Evangelism of that kind, meeting with people, my genius uh, missionary strategy of just meeting people and saying, would you like to read the Bible with me? You know, this just takes time. Um, by the way, I had to read a, I had to read a book to be like, that is a great idea to just invite people to that. So don't, you know, you don't even need to credit me to that, but that is, and so that means the time it will take before we can have worship services gathering together will take longer time but obviously the goal is because again the goal literally the goal of church planting is worship is the pure worship right when oftentimes until too many people probably misunderstood me i would just say the reason i want to go plant a church in eau claire is for the sake of pure worship there that's that's and that's why calvin sent church planters but ben how would you describe a little bit about what the work looks like again the the issue with this answer is that it is so big like it's very hard to uh get my arms you know really around in any in any short way uh my my eldest daughter also uh about nine months is that right uh, nine months no, older, six, yeah. yeah yeah about nine months older than than matt's oldest also asked as we were on the way to church uh, one Sunday morning uh, as we've been here for about a month and a half. She said, dad, how do you plan a church? And I was like, honey, if you find out, will you tell me? Like, I, <laughs> I also would like to know um, how we might do that. And I think, yeah, you know, I think if you're, depending who you're talking to, you know, if you're talking to a business or entrepreneur world, you're like, yeah, we're, we're networking, got to network. <laughs> like, but like in Christian terms, like, I think, in the simplest way, I want to go to a city. I want to see the Lord bring people to Christ in a church form, right? Like that's, that's what we hope to do. We want to share our faith, disciple people in that faith and see a church started. And, and I think what's so hard about that is, well, one, it's slow and it might sound good. Like people say that everywhere else. And then we're going to be like, but we're going to have the sexiest music in town. So people get in, we're probably not going to have the sexiest music in town. You know, we're probably not going to be, we will have psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yes. Wah, wah, songs. <laughs> you heard it here, people. That's right. Uh, yes or no? Yay, nay, or nuance fog machine. <laughs> huh? it's a, it's heard, a hard. I've heard that people like this. It Matt, is a hard nay. It is a the, hard, the, I would quit nay. On the, 
on the Sundays I preach, Matt's going to actually walk with a fan behind people. So it's a, it's a semblance of the spirit just <laughs> blowing through, through the sanctuary or, or I don't know where we'll be right in the forest, who knows wherever planters find a place to meet. But, but I think for us, you know, on the front end, as, as someone who, again, this unintentional pun, but I am relentlessly restless in all that I do. Um, and it's something, it's hard for me to rest in the Lord. I'm always wanting to do more, wanting to do more. And the Lord usually like causes me to get sick as he did this last week, I think, or gave me sickness, I believe, and either discipline or his loving grace to slow me down. Um, our work is just simple of meeting people. I think both Matt and I, in the first couple of weeks here, um, we both have stories of just, you know, we had a, um, we had a, we, we met a, a single mom who's moving and had nobody. She doesn't know anyone here. Right. It's like, if I'm willing to be available to help somebody and to pray for them, the ministry opportunities are endless. And in both those cases, there's opportunities to say, well, why would you want to help me? You know, or why would you want to do these things? So I think, I just, I think one is we're here and we're present. I think being active in meeting new people, you know, so Matt and I, we've, um, we've been using, uh, we used a, um, a survey actually for our final class in seminary to try and, um, kind of get it out into the different parts, uh, of we'll say the inter, the interwebs, the online world, uh, here in Western Wisconsin for people to take it so that we could reach kind of those people who, you know, we might not be able to rub shoulders with, um, but we're also just building relationships with our neighbors or different places in town. And, and as we build relationships with them. I mean, having opportunities to share and to tell about the good news of Christ and to invite them to believe. And so um, I, I think there will, there are people, there are some families here um, that are excited and ready to plant a reformed church. But um, I think it's, yeah, part of it will be, um, it'll just take time in these building relationships and discipling people in the faith. And uh, as Matt said. Yeah. And obviously the, one of the great benefits we have are the reformed confessions. When we start having to train people to be elders in the church. We don't have to make that up as we go. We don't have to make up what we're all going to believe. We don't have to create polity out of thin air. We get to. Yeah, that's, man, that's huge. I, this is something that honestly, like it makes me say, like, I, I love um, a lot of my brothers who are out there planting, uh, you know, um, independent or Baptist churches and evangelical churches that maybe they have some denominational support or support from another church, but they're basically on their own, you know, and they, they, they'll plant a church and it's like, well, now we got to come up with what's our doctrinal statement, right? What's our, like, what are all of our bylaws? What are like, what are all of these extra things? Um, but it's, it's everything, right? Like you have to reinvent the wheel. And um, my, honestly, I just like my heart breaks for these guys a lot of the time because I see how burned out they get. And I'm like, yeah, dude, because like you're being tasked with inventing the church, but you don't have to do that. Right. Like that's, that to me is one of the biggest benefits of planting a confessionally reformed church within the context of an actual where you have like right away, boom, like you've started, you've got the Westminster confession of faith and the larger and shorter catechism, right? You have the book of church order to help you as you try to figure out what does ordination for elders look like? What does like discipline look like? What does anything, right? Like these, these things come up and it's not like, well, now we got to add a new paragraph in the bylaws that we're writing and just figure it out. You've got it. Like it's there for you. Um, and 
by the way, so maybe this would be important to say, um, you have, because you're under the guidance of a presbytery, you have Indeed. a preliminary session, right? So you, these guys have a, a, a session that is a, an elder board, right? Like a, a group of elders from different churches within our presbytery that are already providing oversight and some accountability in this process that you have to meet with somewhat regularly yeah. um, and who are also there to help, right? Not just to you know, like provide like, Hey, are you doing your job? But also yeah. like, Hey, how can we help? Uh, you know, how can we be, you know, assisting you and you guys, maybe you run into a really difficult case with somebody. You don't know how to interact with them. Hey, oh. you've got elders in churches from all around Wisconsin who you can talk to and work with. And, and so I just think that the benefits of having that behind you, right. Undergirding you, it doesn't mean it's not going to still be extremely difficult, uh, but it allows you to focus on the things that are most necessary, right? Like evangelism, right? Like actually gathering people in. I think with, with that, Pastor Michael, I'm, 2019, the most exciting book I read, you know what it was? It was the PCA Book of Church Order. And I, I shout I out, you, shout I out, BCO. Again, whoa, whoa, <laughs> Book of Church Order coming to you live. I, the reason why, though, is is precisely what you said, Michael. It was like reading a book where you're like, wait, people have thought of this before, right? People have like written about this before. We're like, we're, we're drawing on thousands of years of church history and the wisdom of those who have studied the scriptures to, to have some idea of what we might do. And I think even, I mean, for you, Pastor Michael, and the, the care, I mean, every person we meet with when I say, you know, are you shepherded well? This is usually the, the greatest longing I see in people's eyes. I'm like, yeah. do you have a pastor who knows your name and your kids' names? Do you think he prays for you? Like just, and not to be rude, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, like, do you have that? And so to think about the work that you do in that regard, Pastor Michael, for the people in your congregation, it's so nice to say, I don't have to make decisions about all these other things because I have it like with a confession, with a book of church order, I lean back upon the wisdom of the church for thousands of years in order to have the answers to questions that, you know, I think for so many church planters, they're going out. And I just, you know, when you're depending on the personality of a, of a, of a planter to go out there and not burn out, you know, that's, that's, this is, this is a situation I think that is so ideal in the care, as you talk about with provisional session, the presbytery, which cares for us, calls us, you know, and, uh, and, and fires us if, we, if we're in a bad right. place, you know, like there's actually someone who can fire us. That should be such a comfort. We wouldn't, we yeah. wouldn't fire, church right? We would, well, we, we would, wouldn't, we would redirect you. Like there's, that's right. There is a different calling on you. You know, God is closing the store. That's okay. We're going to redirect and, uh, you in a truck driving, Matt. It'll be a, it'll be a good thing, but no one can fire can me I, from the restless podcast. Can I, can I say, I, uh, Michael, I think the word is actually defrocked because that's a much cooler <laughs> word than anything. I mean, technically you, you can. Yeah, I mean, technically, right? So, <laughs> so I think depose yeah. actually, right? So technically, depose. you could be deposed. That's true from ministry, although you're yeah. not ordained yet. So that's true. Can't def can't depose <laughs> me yet. Sorry, take it away, Matt. I apologize. I, I just think that yeah, I think that is the thing, and this is there are a few things that I hope will come out of this, and we'll get to the next one after this, but. I hope everyone hearing my voice right now, you know, you have a pastor that knows your name, that prays for you. I mean, that, you know, does that because it's, it's I, as Ben and I, our experience is that it's mind blowing that when we tell people about 
that's a big thing we want to be true in the church. Everyone goes, wow, that sounds great. That, 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 that is some kind of revolution. Again, not a revolution, just the word shepherd. Like that is all that, that is loaded into that. The, the, I'm going to give us two objections to handle before we close out. So here's the first, here's the first objection. This one is coming from my, uh, my happy TR friends who sometimes don't seem as happy as I know they are deep down, even if they're not smiling at you. So aren't, Pastor Michael, aren't the missional guys the ones ruining everything in all the reformed churches? Aren't Ben and I the problem? The answer is yes, Michael. I apologize. <laughs> go ahead. Go, yay. Go ahead, Michael. You can't say nuance. No, Michael, don't do it. We did make a rule a while ago that we, I don't know that we've really followed that I'm supposed to send a free shirt to somebody if I. You've, you've it, done it a lot less because of that. So we'll I, find it has. I, I've tried to pick. Uh, there are many, I don't, I don't know how to not nuance it <laughs> guys, yeah. everybody. So Ben, who should we be? Um, let's, we'll just do one person who shares this episode on Twitter. will be getting a free shirt from restless. Congratulations. Yep, Pastor because I'm about to nuance. We will send you <laughs> a nuanced nuanced shirt, everybody. Uh, but you got to tag us, make sure that we know that you tagged us. Uh, I, uh, it is generally the case as far as I can tell that you missional guys are really screwing stuff up, right? I mean, you're just, uh, you really are. Um, that being said, I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, a, a tendency to kind of things kind of, uh, maybe you could say it like this, there are those who I think are particularly gifted in mission, right? Like in evangelism, in going out and meeting people in like just sitting out somewhere and just meeting everybody that walks by mm. and trying to tell them about Christ. And for whatever reason it is, I, I don't think this is exclusively the case, but it does seem generally the case that people that have that kind of bent uh, gifting wise are not usually as interested or care as much about doctrinal purity right mm -hmm. i think part of it's just the nature of meeting people and being with people and uh you know that that's just something that happens it's again i don't think this is exclusively the case i don't think it has to be the case i just think that that seems to be generally the way things have been at least in american christianity for a while however that being said uh i do think that like that's exactly the kind of person you want doing the missions right like doing the the work of going out and meeting people and evangelizing and gathering them into the church. You just need a plurality of leaders within the church where you can have a balance of those giftings, mm -hmm. where somebody in that kind of position can come to a meeting with other leaders in the church, other elders, dare I say, who can say, no, that's like a dumb idea. We're not going to water down what we're saying here just to get those five people in the door. Rather, we're going to you know, stay true to this. And they say, okay, I'm going to submit to that, even though I don't love it or I don't feel great about it. I'm going to submit to that and, and be okay with that. So this is why I think you know, you need a plurality of, of leaders within the church and the benefit of that. Um, but yeah, you guys are sometimes ruining things. Is that an okay answer? Is that? Yeah. Well, again, it's just an answer that, is on my mind as we're friends with the Presbycast guys. And now they they interview guys who plant churches, right? So it's not, a, again, it's not an, it's not an, uh, uh, they 
the but right it's often that the 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 pca in, in many ways it seems like there's a fracturing among confessionalists and the missional guys mm -hmm. um and i feel like in almost every like in my like um my almost I probably like affinity wise in my mind, I probably am like, oh, I'm an, uh, I'm probably one of the confessional guys. And then when people if someone were like, let's watch what Matt does every day. Oh, that guy's got to be one of the missional guys like, <laughs> oh, he's going to go, you know, but but here's the one thing, because I do think that there I mean, I think our show has made it pretty clear the things I say on our show in criticism of cultural of what's called cultural engagement has probably made a lot of that clear. But here's the thing that just blows my mind and that we really need to like not lose along the way dude the the missional people are right about one thing we have to be doing this mission yep. right they are actually right about that and and so whatever um and good at it and yeah. like often very good at it and, and and we don't need to do it with any compromises we don't need to do it with you know they're uh, we shouldn't pit these things against each other, yeah. right? There are there are all these things we shouldn't do, but we can't just be like, well, you know, we are going to go ahead and be the confessional people instead. That is a that would be a very bad dichotomy to accept. Yep. Um, and and I think Ben and I have found, and I'll let Ben speak to this. I think Ben and I have found that, you know, a lot of times for the missional people, right? We talk like you want, there's gotta be a lot of fancy stuff happening. You've got to do like, you gotta be the cool guys or you gotta be the, like, you've gotta be the, have an art gallery. Like you've gotta, like you've gotta be able to ex uh, really interact on these, like these certain levels. But you know what Ben and I have found? If you're willing, as Ben said, if you're willing to go help people and pray for people who have, are in really bad situations, do you know what? there is literally not a shortage of people that you could begin to meet with. You don't need to do any of that. And those people don't care about any of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think I understand what the, the concern, the concern is when you look at just, just American Presbyterian history, you know, mm -hmm. like I think, uh, and remember I'm in ordination trial. So these things should be fresh in my mind, but like the new side and the new school. And I mean, you just, you have people who are fervent for the mission and uh, Charles Finney needed some elders. <laughs> like somebody somewhere, please say no. Please just say like, <laughs> right. stop it. No. What uh, are you doing? Please don't. Um, and so I think, I think that's, that's part of it is you, there's, there comes this idea that we have to compromise or say things in a certain way because then there'll the be new attraction. measures. Yeah, we need some we need new measures. New. We got to, dare I say, Michael, nuance. Sorry, Michael. I apologize, yeah, I Pastor Michael. No, but, but I do think, I think that's part of it is we think that the gospel itself will not <laughs> attract people. And I think that's what, man, as I will just say, as a person who is coming to his hometown, as a man who is so wicked, I think as such a young man, realizing that I step into a place where what do I need? I as a planter in the city, need a redeemer. I need a redeemer. Yeah. That's what I need. And what do people need here in the city? And what do they long for? They're all walking out of paths with brokenness and, and sin, right? Just outright rebellion, right? They need a redeemer. And we don't have to polish that up, right? We don't have to. I use 
kind of the polishy word there and even starting out with brokenness right we're like no 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 like it's it's straight up sin you know like we need a redeemer and, one who and, like job said will stand at on the last day and we'll see him with our eyes not another's our own and so i think yeah i think that's 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 part of the missional thing that's happened in the past is you have people who have gone and compromised thinking that if we can just get them in they'll just accept the message right then they'll be good and that's um we don't have to polish the message, right? Because people want to redeem her, those who he's calling. So, and and kind of trying to uh, take off sharp edges or polish it or whatever you want to say actually does a disservice because the redemption is deeper. Mm. It is for the things that like can't be redeemed, can't be made nice, can't be brought into the light. That and because the redeemer was killed in a grotesque way on a tree. Like it, it you, like you, you can't lose that because otherwise the people, you know, who are down and out, who really like the real, like the really bad stuff that would not feel comfortable in, 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 in church life can't be redeemed. And that's obviously not the Christian message. So one more objection before we, uh, before we close out of here, I'll let Ben, we'll let you uh, jump on this one. Cause I think you might having having known you and and having some awareness of the kinds of things you end up talking about does wisconsin do we really need more churches around here is that really the uh that feels like a question that you may need Whoa. to answer someday <laughs> Whoa. yeah haven't uh, thought of that right do we need more churches yay look at that my one chance Whoa. and i'm not even, got- i'm not gonna do it can't get me in michael no i'm sorry my pastor michael's just taking i love you brother <laughs> um you can just uh, call me michael you don't you know you don't have to call me pastor michael even though we're on the podcast no but i like to call you it has a ring to it for me but (laughs) um yeah no i i think uh a yay you know and i think we sat in a service of a church that i think i i very much enjoyed um here in in eau claire not that long ago and um i would very much send people to um it, it for right now, um, especially if they, they held convictions that were different than ours. Um, and I think they would do a, a fairly good job caring and shepherding them and, um, and love the brothers that are there. But looking around the room, if we filled out the sanctuary worth the sanctuary we were in, if we filled out the sanctuaries in all the churches, if they're all faithful and sound across the city, across this area, there would still be lost people. It would still be those who Christ is calling to himself. And I think that's part of it is we, the harvest is plentiful. Laborers are few. The kingdom is yet going forth. Christ is yet building his church. And so we need to continue. It's, it's not this competitive thing. And I think that's part of the field of dreams model. It's part of the consum- consumption driven, attractive model that says it's a competition. If I, you know, I got to get them into my church. And I think, so often church plants, is, church plants, you know, shuffle the deck, right? We get kind of the disgruntled Christians from that church who come to our church, but we need to do something different to reach those who aren't going to church or those who left church. There's so many people I'm shocked as they've, you know, in 2020, they found, they finally found an excuse to not go to church. It, they still, you know, we're still Christians. Well, where do you go to church? Oh, we don't, we don't. So there's plenty of de-church people. And so I think, Yes, yes, 100% yes. Even if you just say, is there lost people in the city? 
Is the answer yes? Then we need more churches. We need people who are going to go and labor to reach them. Um, and so, that would be my answer. And I think it's a good one. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And so as the third party here, and since it's maybe a little bit less weird for me to do it, um, as we're kind of drawing everything to a close with this episode, um, we want to, I want to ask, I don't know if you guys wanted to do this on this episode or not. I did not, I'm not aware of whether this was the plan or not, but these two guys are raising support uh, in what they're doing in this church planting. And they do have support from, you know, our Presbytery and other churches in our Presbytery, but, um, but it costs a lot of money, especially to send two planters uh, to plant a church. And so um, I want to ask number one, actually, not even just money. If you or someone, you know, lives in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Hey, reach out. Even if you're like, if you're in a church, we're not trying to steal anybody from churches. Um, if you're happy in a church and and like it's a good, solid, uh, biblical church, God bless you. Uh, but still, if you want to j- even just email the Restless Podcast, I think Matt will probably link maybe more information um, that you can get in touch with these two guys specifically. Uh, but they, I'm sure that they would love to connect with you or connect with those that you know that are in Eau Claire or in just the region around Eau Claire and either looking for a reformed church or just want to get to know them. Um, I think that would be great. And secondly, I would like it if we put some kind of link to where people could find out uh, more about supporting you financially. If you're already giving to your church, you're already uh, being faithful in that and you want to find more to support. Hey, the, the host of the restless podcast, and somebody who's now been on the Restless Podcast and maybe again at some point are planting a church right now. And so if you have an excess of cash right now, um, that would be super helpful in doing this work. Is that okay for me to say? Can I say that? I think so. Yeah. Especially the part about if you know people here in the area um, and we will post links to both things. We uh, let me add one more thing. Um you, um, if you are just interested in hearing about what we're doing, interested in praying for, we do send out an email letter, just a little bit about what God is doing, where we are in the plant, if you would like to receive that. And again, you can email the restless podcast for those things, but yeah, we would love, we would love to be people in the area here. And we would, especially, uh, if you know people who may need a church or may not be Christians, we would love to go and talk to them. Well, that was Restless Summer. Was this a good Restless Summer season finale, Michael and Ben? Did we make it? Yes, of course it was. Of course it was good. It's You guys are planting a church. It brings it back home to Wisconsin. There's so many good things about ending this way. <laughs> That's right. Rate and review this show. And you can rate and review uh, if you want Ben to come back. Because maybe now that I live in the same city, we can uh, we can uh, get him get him to do that again wait is this where we we like we promo our rival podcast (laughs) we should dude look forward in 2023 after some big things are done maybe ben and i will launch a rival podcast that would be a, a genius move on my part play both sides fully